The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Heavy hate! Always dream to be in a concert singer and you know how they hold that and they really get into it. Yeah. They say athletes want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be athletes. So what do, what do podcasters want to be? <laughs> Just podcasters. Once podcasters uh, get a taste of the life, there's nothing else they want to be but podcasters. I might have mentioned this earlier in the week, but if I didn't, I ran into these two people at a hotel. Eric Church was in Arizona last weekend. Played at, uh, I think he might have played where the Suns play on on Saturday night. And uh, we ran into people coming down. No, I think he played in Phoenix. And maybe Glendale, but he didn't play at the, I think, the football stadium. But he played at a smaller venue. And the people coming down the, you know, the elevator on small talk. You know, where are you guys from, Denver? What are you guys doing here? We just saw Eric Church last night. Ugh. And and you're like, and I was like, how was it? And the guy just looked at me. He's like, it was a religious experience. He said, <laughs> there, there were no opening acts. There was no one. It was Eric Church for three hours. That's and incredible. he's like, he gave us, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more out of a performer when you're paying to see someone you like. Three yeah. hours of just, you know, rocking. That was in, that was his return performance for canceling for the uh, final four. 
Oh yeah. But, but then I thought like, you're a lot of fan. If that is what you're going to do time in and time out, like I, people will get over the fact that he went to, uh, you know, the North Carolina final four. All I want out of a live performance is your hits and covers. If I get your hits and covers, uh, to me, covers are when we went and saw Garth. Did he do any covers? I don't remember. He's got so many hits. Yeah, I think one problem for Garth and I listen, love the guy, and he's the most important person in the history of country music. It's not even close. One of the most important artists in the history of music in general. He hasn't made a hit in twenty years. You know, I mean, so what? (laughs) No, I know. But my problem is I can't find the hits I like. I have to go to like Walmart.com to listen to his music. But there are a lot of like. You know, I would say in country, like George Strait's been making hits for 35 years. Like it's What's kind of George crazy. Strait's last hit? I mean, probably within the last decade, we could find a couple. He Could definitely we? made, I mean, his first big hits were in the 80s. He was making hits through we were in college. Yeah, I mean, George Strait, they say, is like the, one of the hardest working men in country music, right? Yeah. But has I mean, he made a he's made a hit in the last 10 years? Well, I mean, maybe like 08, 09. I mean, I think the 2000s, he started in like the early 80s. Yeah. My point is, Garth, all of his hits came within like five year window. Now, they were incredible. I mean, you could say the same thing like Pearl Jam. I mean, yeah, Garth had like three albums that were just three. Yeah. In Pieces. uh, Was it Horses? There's one with it's it's red and black. There's blue and white. And uh, there's black and white. Those are the three albums I remember. They were good. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not disputing his uh, his ceiling, but his you know, he just he, he just. Hasn't had any pitches in twenty years. You can get Garth George up. is older. Like what Garth? No, George. Is, I know. I know. How do Garth, Garth, Garth has a Garth tried? They just hasn't worked. No, no. They've well because all of his songs now are just peace and love. Have you noticed? Just I like, guess that's my neighbor. point. Is that I, I I went to the concert with you and it's like every time he's like, I got a new one for you guys. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. Uh, the chat is up in arms over arm fitness. I guess somebody said something about arm fitness. I couldn't care less, uh, but it's something. I don't know. Somebody said about Trey somewhere. Um, What's arm fitness? I, again, I, you'd have to ask the chat. I, somebody said it lacks arm fitness. I don't I don't know. Uh, Skinny we, arms? I, uh, yeah, that's a new one. It's a new one. I, I guess it's, uh, it's a new one. Better rivalry going right now, Jimbo versus Nick Saban or Warriors fans versus Charles Barkley? Uh, I'd say there's more vitriol. Every single Warriors fan that's talking shit to Charles would gladly hang out with them, drink some beers with them, play golf with them. Like they, they want to like them. If they were in a situation where they were sitting with them, they would have fun. I think there's real, like the, the kerosene got thrown on the fire. My, my, I really think it's a little Michael Jordan-esque. Not saying that Nick tried to like get motivation somewhere, but I, I think he kind of likes that stuff. And if you're Jimbo, this is a BP fastball to get some motivation. It's kind of I'm just kind of. I don't cheat. The- and I don't lie. So I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, the old man slapped you side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. So if you missed the story, we won't do a full recap of it, but Saban said uh, A&M bought all their players. Jimbo called an emergency press conference today to deny it and took a lot of shots, but called him a narcissist like three times. Thinks he's God. He thinks he's God, said that twice. Asked about upcoming SEC meetings, said, I don't back. I, I like I love confrontation. It's just an incredible performance. Like acting like they're going to shove each other. I mean, <laughs> yes. He's like, well, you know, it's going to be awkward. It's like awkward. I, I like confrontation. Well, do you think? Incredible. You remember like when the the peak of Bryce and Kepka were like they should play together even though they never would. They do stagger, you know, the SEC media days like 4 days and like two or three coaches a day. 
is there any doubt in your mind that they're both talking on the same day and they'll be in the hotel the same day or do they uh, put they gotta, one on Tuesday and one no, on Thursday? They, they got to be there at the same time. But if Nick doesn't want you it, wouldn't won't. really want I don't think you'd want to be the guy that's gone when the other guy is still talking because then the other guy gets the last word. Well, I think Nick, who is the most important person in the history of the conference, <laughs> right? If he says, I want to go last, they're going to let him go last, right? Yes, I think so. Although, you know, we could we could have some the uh, AD at Texas A&M, John Ross Bjork. Why is his hair all over the place? Said that said that Saban's comments violate SEC sportsmanship bylaws, and he's going to be in contact with the uh, SEC commissioner. Well, because in fairness to like people on the outside, it's not a good look for Nick to be throwing those words around, right? Well, no, I think I saw somebody say this on Twitter today, and it's uh, honor among thieves. Like everyone's always understood, like, hey, there's a way everything operates. I won't. I don't turn you in. You don't turn me in. Because somebody said that used to be SEC used to be these guys were turning each other in all the time, and then everyone kind of got on the same page, and all of a sudden there's no reported violations. You know, I always kind of appreciate Tark's. Uh, Tark just called people out. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, Lutz is giving people cars," you know? even though he's doing the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was cheating his ass off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alabama and Georgia combined for the same number of five stars that A and M had eight in this last recruiting class. I mean, Jimbo's thing is like, I don't, whatever the collective does is not my problem, which the, it is ultimately going to be the problem of the schools if the collective's cheap. But they asked Jimbo about collectives. He's like, I don't know who gives what, when, who gives why, how. I don't know what it's about. And that was that, which I think is his key defense. It's like, I don't know what the collective's doing. Maybe he's a narcissist, you know? <laughs> it's incredible. So that was good. The Chuck, I, I said this the other day, and I, I think we Chuck was, told somebody, fuck his mom. Fuck his, fuck his mom. <laughs> Uh, uh, rabbit ears or bunny ears or earmuffs. Yeah, apologize earmuffs. for the kids. Not your Sorry. mom, but the guy's yeah. mom. Chuck <laughs> yelled, if you missed the video, fans were heckling Chuck at the Warrior game, and that's what he said to him. And I would imagine the guy that was yelling is probably over 30 or 40. Right? They all started cheering when <laughs> Chuck said it to him. You know, just got, all you want is the reaction. But yeah. I think Ch- Charles versus the Warriors is, I think, the best thing, the NBA, truly the best thing from a marketing standpoint the NBA has had. Since Steph and the and the war since Mark Jackson's Warriors came of age, Chuck saying jump shooting team can't win the championship because here's the deal: everybody watches Steph, no matter who your favorite team is. You watch Steph, the whole country watches Steph, and everybody watches Chuck, and everybody has an opinion on all the things Chuck says, and everybody had an opinion on Steph, and they just keep coming together, coming together, coming together, coming together. It's just so fantastic. It does feel that he's pivoted a little off the. To take on well, the once they won three titles, it was, he had to back off it a little bit. Once they won one title, he had to back, he got kind of crushed, right? Well, he doubled down that year when they won their first title. Remember Memphis? He's like, tough, tough team's gonna take these little, little wussies out. <laughs> and then it was like they ended up kind of rolling to the championship. Yeah, that was uh, it's an all timer. I, 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 I get so much joy out of talking shit or surrounding the Warriors. Like I, I do get the understand of like the true diehard guys that have been kind of defending for years. And I always thought like, why do you need to defend? Well, I would say the last couple of years, you've kind of had to like, the Warriors have been down. Even this year, it's like, oh, they're not going to do shit. Kind of felt like, you know, are we watching the same team guys? Have you seen these guys' resumes? Like for the first time, I've not felt, because I was like, Steph doesn't need anyone to defend him. But it does feel a little bit like, hey, guys, boys are back in town. Remember the guys that built this thing? And I love, oh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, had to come here. 
had to come here. LeBron had to go join people every fucking time. Every time. And I let's face it, he's got three and a half championships. Uh, yeah, that's generous. I don't count. I mean, I, the yeah, bubble the guy, no one worth their salt counts it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's a fake. It'll, it'll be on his wiki, so people who didn't watch it one day won't won't realize. But you know, it's just it's it's somebody. Um, and a few people push back, so to speak, on on Twitter because I said what I think we've talked about before. I'm not breaking any news here. Fans love homegrown teams, like their own guys. You sh- it's just it's just better. It's more fun. You're more connected to it. Yeah. And the Warriors are that. I mean, actually, the Bay Area, the Giants were that. The Warriors are that. I think war- some Warrior fans. That's why the, the Kevin the, thing the, was the uncomfortable. Kyle Shanahan and Harbaugh's runs were mainly felt. Oh yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think Kevin. That's what part of the reason Kevin was never <laughs> fully beloved by Warrior fans because they'd rather do it without him. What? Yeah, I almost said C.J. Stroud, but that's not his name. It's C.J. Yeah. Beathard. I'm with you. This this you know? team is much more enjoyable than Kevin being around. Not even I just close. think you'd rather do it with your own. You'd rather come. It's it is the 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 oldest saying in the book, right? It's the journey, not the destination. It's doing it with your people, your squad. And right? to me, you get credit. Like Wiggins now, kind of feels like a warrior. Like they've created him. Like they've got him. They put him under his wing, and then I, they just kind of cultivate him. So much of it is like, I knew you before you were good. You know what I mean? Like before everyone else knew you, I was in early on you. And Wiggins fits that bill. Yeah. But then they still have some of their like, they just got this guy Looney that had bad hips and he's just been starting for him for six years. He's going to end his career with like seven championships. Like that's People what, didn't want him. You're going to meet Looney when he's 40. You're like, uh, could this guy play in the NBA? You're like, yeah, I uh, started for the Warriors for a decade. <laughs> Every well, was, one of their teams. I, me, Kevon Looney. <laughs> Jersey retirement. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. Love the guy. That's what. Remember, did they ever retire? Remember when uh, Joe Lacob said one day they'd retire Kevin Durant's jersey? Are they still yeah, standing I think by you that? Just, you said it at the time to try to get him to come back, right? Or was he already gone? I thought he was already gone, and he was just being a good—I wouldn't say a good loser, but like he was just being classy. Yeah. But did you really mean it in the moment? It sounded like a good thing to say. I remember. Really I think Kawakami had a take that's like. It's one of those things you do to just kind of let the league know you're a pro player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I had a buddy That's in the NFL thing. who's a big sports guy, but he's you know not, he didn't watch so much of the Warriors this year. Text me last night. He said, "Who's Pool?" It's <laughs> like, "Where'd they get Pool?" I'm like, "Yeah, just late first round pick." I kind of explained his like you know went to the G League was not good, kind of like got to roll when Clay was out. They kind of propped him up, and then this year he just kind of took off like a rocket. And his response is like, what a pick. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he looks like a little Curry Jr., doesn't he? It's different. Tra- travels I mean, more, it's- but. <laughs> Steph had one last night. They threw him the ball like half court. He took like two steps and they didn't call it. Like, there's a lot of traveling going on in the I NBA. Know. Again. Steph does the like the three step back Harden. Poole does the like four step backs into a three, too. But, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, part of it too is Steph is like this underdog. He was a top ten pick, but he was you know two point guards went ahead of him. He was small. Draymond was a second rounder. Uh, you know, I think it's like Tim Lincecum. I think in some ways was the most beloved of the group of giant guys, just because he was. It felt like it was against all odds that this person succeeded, even though like Steph, he was you know a blue chip prospect in terms of drafted. Yeah. 
You're saying Bumgarner 6'5", 230, it's not that relatable? Well, I mean, but at the end of the day, he's your guy, he's your guy. And baseball yeah, yeah. just no, – I, no, I, I know what you're saying. It is different. I think it's part of the – you know, and, and Steph is 6'3". Like, it's not like Steph's 5'11 and a half. Wasn't Linscombe like the 10th pick in the draft? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was a lottery pick, basically. Yeah, but, was he 5? <laughs> yeah, it might have been higher than 5. Yeah. Bumgarner and Kane were first round picks, right? Yeah, all these guys. I mean, it's, you know, it's, but but whatever, it's your guy. It's just like you'd rather go run the court at pickup with four of your friends than with, than just walk in, get matched with four people you don't know, but they're the best four players and you guys run the floor. Both of them are fun. Like you, one isn't less meaningful in terms of value. I'm not diminishing the other championships. I'm just saying it's more fun for fans when it's all the kids from your neighborhood. Well, we were bullshitting about this yesterday, I think, before we hopped on. Oh, no, we we talked about the Yankees for a second. Like, don't you think part of Aaron Judge being pretty cool Yankee is they drafted him? Like kind of Jeter style and all those guys? (laughs) I think, like, do you think the big three Celtics? Did you know Aaron Judge was a first-round pick? Yeah, because, I mean, I just remember Fresno State guy. For some reason, I thought he was like third or fourth, but Uh I guess, I mean, it makes sense. Um, Like, I think the big three Celtics, part of it was no one had really, like, pulled off the big three like that in a while, but, or before, but Paul, Paul, they had a homegrown Paul Pierce. And I think that was the center of it. I also think Kevin Garnett was like, people almost felt bad for him. Like he just, he has been like 10 years at the shitty franchise. Like yeah. everyone's like, bro, go get yours. Like even people that were anti-movement, like LeBron was winning consistently in Cleveland, like making runs. Like and he runs, was bro, the hometown kid. Yeah, it's like, why are you going to leave? Kevin is like, bro, get out of there, man. Leave. <laughs> you know, it's like when it's a pitchers on a really shitty team. It's like, I'd love to see this guy on a fucking sweet team, man. It just, he's wasting away all these pitches. Yeah. Ray, I mean, Ray was playing on who knows where, right? Milwaukee, I guess, or Seattle. Where'd he come from? Was it Seattle that he came from? Yeah. Yeah, I forget where that. Yeah, I think it was Seattle. Yeah, the Sonics existed. They'll, be, they'll exist again. Tiger, by the time if you're listening to this Friday, is Tiger still playing golf? No, he looked man using your club like a cane. Basically, he looked terrible. You know the Tortorol. You know, over the years, the guys say, you know, that first half, you're just woohoo, you're you got adrenaline plus the tortorol. Sometimes by like that mid third quarter, fourth quarter, you're like, God, I can feel that shit in my knee right now. <laughs> the pain it felt by about hole 12, 13. It's like, can someone get Tiger a cart? I think John Daly drove a cart all day. Did he really? How was well, that allowed? He has an exemption. I think there are exemptions. Like Tiger's refused. He said he'll never do it. Ray Allen came from Seattle. Uh, I had a buddy who was in Vegas last week and texted a photo, like a group thread of him getting an IV and then said, I got a total shot after this, like on a Sunday morning recovery turnaround. I didn't know they were giving out Toradol shots after your IV. I'd take one. After right your, liquid, your liquid, liquid IV. IV. <laughs> I, I do think that I was thinking this today when John Daly for about half the morning had the lead. <laughs> In golf, listen, no one's comparing it to baseball, basketball, or football. But the cool part about even tennis, it wouldn't even be close to golf because, again, much more athleticism is uh, demanded. But, like, you can be 60 and just have a day where you are as good as everybody fucking playing. Like, John Daly can just shoot three under par, right? If John Daly just went to play a pickup golf round with John Rahm and Tony Finau, like, he could beat them. Like, if if I'm – if I get, like – you know, like Barry Bonds right now, he might be a bad example. But like an older guy, 
that's like 65 probably couldn't touch a pitcher, right? That's pitching right now. Or yeah. I couldn't take a 70-year-old former NBA player. He can give me minutes. <laughs> but like that's even tennis. Like could John McEnroe like win a, win a set against like one of the top guys? No chance. But in golf, like 60-year-old Tom Watson just can have a day where he shoots three under par. I, I think Tom, the Tom Watson British is still one of my favorite sporting events ever, even though he didn't win it. Do you think that devalues golf a little? That that's possible? Uh, or just no, because it happens that- so rarely that anyone actually does what Tom Watson did. I mean, you know, three times a year, Rory Sabatini is leading after one round. But even but, but even he's like forty five. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I I don't think it devalues it. Do you think tennis would be closer to those other sports than an old yes, tennis person? It's so can hang? physical. Yeah, you got to move back and forth. The speed well, they, of the game, the time. I bet they, I bet they would. And when they say like my my Achilles might pop when I'm moving like that, absolutely. So when's the last time you went and hit some tennis balls? Uh, a couple of years probably. You still got it? No. Do you ever have it? Be better off playing. Maybe I'll make the pickleball the switch to pickleball like so many do in their older years. It feels like there's a lot of is pickleball really a good workout. Or is it one of those that gets a lot of hype? I don't know, but it looks like it's like the perfect mix of ping pong and tennis. You know, you're on the board, but it's not that big. Two on two, maybe. Yeah. So, I started to say something, then I uh, lost my... John, before we dive into uh, our next uh, discussion, let's tell the people about... Whoop! Shopify.com slash ham. Shopify.com slash ham right now. Get a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. When you go to Shopify.com slash ham, that sound you heard, that's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all in one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortless, effortlessly uh, got me today. Okay, I can't make funny anymore. It's not an easy word to say. Stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. So you gain insights as you grow. You get detailed reporting, detailed reporting of conversion rates. Profit margins, we all love those, and beyond. And Shopify will grow with you. This Guys, is possibility. Yep. Powered go, by Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash ham, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash ham right now, lowercase, Shopify.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I was All like, right. uh, hmm. Draymond's king of this. The moment he thinks a foul is bullshit, that's what I do when I don't have my room. <clears throat> I love like a Draymond first quarter. Let me get a review. And Steve Kerr's like, yeah, I'm not doing that right now. Well, do you know when he starts doing the review is when he's like laying on the ground. It's always a charge. You notice that? Yeah. <laughs> he takes a foul. He commits a foul, ends up on his back. And immediately Mike Brown, when Mike Brown was coaching, Mike Brown, immediate review, whatever you want, Draymond. Yeah. Steve Kerr is like, oh, well, it's eight minutes into this game. Actually, I think it was the game one. I think he did in the second quarter, but he was Draymond was right about the one he he did it on. He barely touched the ball. Uh, pickleball, fastest growing sport in America, cheap and easy, says G on the stream. I feel you can throw that out sometimes. The fastest word fastest growing. growing. Like, hey, we're the fastest growing city in America. Hey, this is the fastest growing sport in America. Hey, this is the fastest growing brand in America. And like 99% of the time, it's just not true, but it sounds so good. You're like, God, that's crazy. And you tell your friends about that individual instance that you were told. They're like, have you guys heard that like this is the fastest growing city in America? I do that a lot. With I did that a lot when someone told me that Nashville for the next year. I just told everyone. Do you know Nashville? Fastest growing city. Yeah. 
Is that, is that actually true or sure? I mean, all you need is like one publication, you know, to declare yeah. it. Best yeah, co- Oregon State's been pumping best college town in America for like as far as I as far as I can remember. This somebody put it in Who's, a magazine. Who said that? I don't know, like some magazine. Well, no, what college? What college? Oregon State, John Corvallis. Yeah, I'd say that's a little bit. Maybe of a it was top ten. Maybe it was top ten. But uh, yeah, until Arch Manning weighs in on it, I guess he said he had a good time at uh, where's which one's Ole Miss? Uh, Oxford College. Yeah, I mean, but he's probably been before. He probably knows his way around Ole Miss. I'd imagine it didn't. Uh, his uncle didn't. He- I think Eli last year got inducted into their Hall of Fame, or, or just ring on. That's right, because remember Lane was wearing the the jersey with like Eli's number or the T shirt with Eli's yeah. number on it. Lane wears all kinds of stuff, but that one was an easy one. Yeah, that was an easy one. I saw. I got a. You know, do you, you get notifications from Athletic? The Athletic. I, I no, don't think I turned them I off. I get on emails. The app. I get emails from them, but no. I and I just know. got one of those notifications on the phone that said, "Arch Manning is he an overrated prospect?" We'll tell you why. I was like, God, that's kind of mean. We'll tell you why he is or why he's not. I think the article was like, you know, it's not going to affect his recruiting, but is he actually, you know, this all-time hype prospect? Can't miss. Interesting. Has the, has the hype taken off to levels that aren't actually equal to the play? <clears throat> I, I mean, it's, it's likely, right? It feels likely, though, that picture last year or that video that went viral of him playing basketball, I mean, he looks like an NFL body. Yeah. But his expectations are going to be pretty outrageous, don't you imagine? Yes. Unfair, probably. They are unfair already. Yeah, I wonder what it was. I think Peyton's expectations we got to Tennessee were sky high. A little different, though, when you say in the 90s in terms of media and the talk. It was different in some ways, but I think in other ways it was more focused. You know what I mean? They were big. I mean, he was... Like, he wasn't getting tweets every day, but there were who knows how many knocks on letters. I mean, just... The New York Times or whatever, you know, Sports Illustrated. Like, the, the, there's only like three or four places your face can be. Well, Peyton was was it Peyton that was on the cover of SI or yeah. Eli? Maybe it was Eli, or maybe I mean maybe they both were. But one of the stories in this article I read the other day in the Athletic about the recruitment of Arch and kind of Eli and Peyton's recruitment was one of the guys. I think it was one of the. I don't remember which kid, it, which one it was, but. It was a big deal, like high school practice. The SI came out and got like passed around at practice. You know, it was a big deal. Probably it was Peyton, but the thing with Peyton, I remember watching this bio. Maybe I watched it on YouTube, and it was a f- awesome, just like an hour on a bio on Peyton Manning's Tennessee career. He didn't start right away, but the guy got hurt and he went in, and he pretty much immediately lived up to the hype. Oh, <laughs> really? Was, I didn't realize was, he didn't. Win and the it job. was on like Donkey Kong as he started playing. He was so sweet so early. And people forget, well, I, people have people listening might not even have noticed. I wouldn't have. Like in 1994 when he started, he was a good – like he could move. Yeah. He was not like just some like stiff like we think of him in his NFL. He was running, bootlegs, fucking jumping over people, making throws. He looked badass. <laughs> he looked sweet. Ironically, uh, they didn't win the national championship under him, and then he goes pro. The next year, they win it with T. Martin, who now is the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver coach. Uh, does Arch already have a list of teams he won't go number one to? Asked Christian. Are the Lions at the top of his list? That's funny. I, I mean, they honestly they might be. 
wouldn't shock me. That hasn't happened in a while, though, has it? No, I don't think it's happened since Eli. Yeah. Has it? No. Like a true, we won't. That used to happen a lot when we were kids. Felt like that was like a major story when we were a kid. Like a player refusing to go somewhere and everyone just had a hard take. I mean, that's that's a legit story. I would die for that story now. <laughs> I mean, we want to have that. it. And he didn't ever even got close to it. He's like, hey, I can't wait to go there. Uh, all right, John. Here's a uh, uh, I put this. If you're on YouTube, there is a, a poll on the uh, YouTube chat where you can vote. And the vote and the conversation uh, stems from PFF, who ranked the top 25 players under the age of 25 entering the season. And number one on their list is Nick Ellis Bosa. I don't know what his middle name is. Nick Bosa, number one. He's like a Patrick. Uh, number two, Herbert. Number three, Jonathan Taylor. Number four, Tristan Wirfs. Then Justin Jefferson, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase. Uh, those are the top seven. That's a hell of a list, isn't it? I mean, if you go <laughs> you go through this whole thing, it's like Max Crosby, Chase Young, Rashawn Slater, Brian Burns, CeeDee Lamb. I, I had not seen the list. I mean, I had seen the the picture of it, the actual list. Listen, I, I'm already disagreeing with him at one. I, I'd have to put him at two because the nature of the sport is this, the positions aren't independent of each other. One is dramatically valued more than the other. Because to me, it would be Justin Herbert one, and then the and then I would rank pass rushers. Like I would have Micah Parsons right after Bosa, because you would take Nick Bosa or Micah Parsons before you took one of those two wide receivers from LSU, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, you would take. I mean, Jamar Chase makes you think. So does Justin Jefferson, honestly. I think Jamar Chase would make me think. I couldn't have Jonathan Taylor ahead of oh, who? Who says no first? Cowboys Niners. Contracts, you know, even both of them, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons for Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Niners and Cowboys say no to that. I'm not saying that the Bengals say yes. But, but yeah, the Bengals might they, say no. They might have a, they'd have a meeting. You couldn't have Jonathan Taylor, you know, like nobody would trade no. Micah Parsons for Jonathan Taylor. Why? Well, I don't think the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wouldn't trade Tristan Wirfs. He's an all-pro tackle for Jonathan Taylor. You could argue the Niners might have screwed that one up. We'll see, Kinlaw. The jury's out. Remember? Well, they, they made a little move. They could have just taken Tristan Wirfs. Now they did have McGlinchey, but right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of alternate universes. Um, let, let me put it to you like this, because they put both. The one argument I could make, I think, for Bosa being number one on the list, because you're right, you would, of course, you would take Herbert based on the position. Who? Uh, positionally, relative to their peers at their position, who's closer to number one, Bosa or Herbert? Because I think you could uh, argue Herbert's pretty close to number one right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who? How many guys are really ahead of Nick? One, Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. How many guys are ahead of Herbert right now? Like right now, today, Aaron Rodgers. I, I, is ahead I, of I had I, I had people in the NFL that you know that in their system had Justin Herbert last year as the fourth best quarterback, and I had talked to someone else that in the fifth. So I think he is. In all, you know, you just evaluate every player in the league like your pro scouts do throughout the season. I would say if we just got, if we had access to all 32 systems and all grades, I would say his average grade in the league would be around four to five. 
based on last year, right? Just based on his second year in the league. And I would imagine Nick would be, I mean, closer to one than that. Yeah, I think Nick would be closer to one than Herbert, but Herbert would be pretty damn close to one. Yeah. And uh, you would take a top five quarterback any day over any other position, their number one player. I right? bet we could find it. I bet we could. What do you think about this? How many G we pull 30 GMs, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? What do you think the vote is? I bet Josh just has more evidence. He's so good in the playoffs. I, I bet Josh would be pretty high. Don't you? I do, but I think but, there but would it wouldn't be, people- be because I don't want him and be like, you, you want, uh, you know, what would be the equivalent? Like Steph Curry, you know, in his prime for 10 years or Luca for, you know, I, you would take Steph, but I don't think you'd go wrong with Luca. What are you right? watching first take? Uh, I, no, I, it's true. I'm just, my point is I do think there would be some people that would take Herbert. I don't know if it, I'm not saying to be 10 of them, but well, I, right, right now, even with Trey Lance, would the 49ers do straight up Nick Bosa for Justin Herbert? I think you'd have to, you, you wouldn't even flinch. How about Nick and Trey and, and uh, Trey for Joey and Justin? I would do that yesterday. <laughs> Um, and, and I like Nick more than I like Joey. Nick turns 25 October 23rd. Jamar Chase just turned 22. Tristan Wirfs just turned 23. Um, Herbert, pretty good, pretty good list. I mean, these yeah. are really, really good players. Herbert turned 24 in March. Where's the little quarterback from Arizona? Is he he cracked the list? Parsons turns 23 in, in a week. Uh, no, he's not on the list. How old is he? I, I got him at 24 years old. Kyler, he's not on the list. I'm he's not a Ky- I'm not a Kyler Murray huge fan, but y- you agree? Would you put him on this list? Yeah, I don't think you could have. I don't know if you could have this list without him, right? Can you have Trayvon Diggs ahead of him? Can you have Kyle Pitts ahead of him? I mean, what are we doing? Trevor Lawrence is on it. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Creed Humphrey. Would you take Creed Humphrey or Kyler Murray? Who says no in a trade? <laughs> but again, I, I understand it's also difficult no, to make yeah, a list that's not no. posi- that's yeah. that is positionless. Um, you know, and I and I think with Nick, the thing with Bosa is I, I think it's entirely possible that like we're about to see Nick Bosa's career year, that he hasn't had it yet, right? That 15 and a half sacks last year wasn't it. That to me is part of part of the conversation around this list, not so much the list as we might be about to see the best. We might be, you know what actually the reality probably is that last year, 2021 was probably the first of like a three year stretch where Nick Bose is going to put together the best years of his career. Honestly, I've been thinking a lot about it. I think Drake Jackson is going to compete to be the rookie of the year. I think their defensive line is going to be so good. And I think it starts and ends with this guy becoming like into his hall of fame prime. And when you become the Hall of Fame prime pass rusher in the history of the league, you're an unstoppable force. There is nothing offenses can do to slow you down. We saw that for a while with like Khalil Mack when he was younger, what Aaron Donald has become historically in the league with pass rushers. And he's going to benefit like a lot of those guys have. Like when you play in a good unit, it's like, well, now if Drake Jackson's a really good player, which I think he's going to be really good. They have Armstead. If Kinlock can just be solid, some of their other random guys that we know are going to be good. Why, why couldn't he guy have twenty sacks? 
I mean, what do you have last year? So what did I say? 15 and a half? 15 and a half, yeah. And God, he gets close a lot too, doesn't he? Well, I remember I did the numbers last year. A lot of his sacks come in the second half, right? Which I would have, I mean. Probably yeah. it happens for a lot of teams, but I yeah. think a lot of his, I think he had a disproportionate number of second half sacks relative to, um, uh, I have to go back and look at the numbers, but um, uh, what? I would say as the season went on, it felt like he got more help because the randoms got better. I would say their defensive line on paper early in the season wasn't that great. It was like just him and Armstead. Yeah. You know, because Kinlaw disappeared and uh, fast. D Ford was never around. It, you know, it was it was a good unit, but they were not like you look at the team. It, this was not 2019 on paper, right? Like to me, if you put that Nick Bosa, that how good he was last year on 19's team, he gets 25 sacks, right? With Buckner, Armstead, I mean, twenty-five is an outrageous number. But again, we think he's the second best pass rusher in the league, and he was on like clearly man-to-man. Sometimes that still is line. nineteen sacks, twenty-five sacks. That's, again, that unit was so good. Deforce all. Don't you pro, share? Don't you share some of them at that point? I'm going twenty-five. No, twenty-five does seem twenty-two. Yeah. Well, if you're at fifteen, it's just you're just a twenty. You're ten more away. You're right. You're it's just seven more, yeah. A couple halves here and there, and and a couple two sack games into the single sack games. Right. It also I, depends on your team. You know, you are a little dependent on your team being good, so you can tee off on ten of the seventeen games where you have a two score lead in the second half, right? right? And that's when you get to feast. So you get you get four two sack games and just pack up eight in a you know in mm-hmm. in a group. Mm-hmm. You might get two on the you might get two in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right. I mean, Khalil in his peak had some of those, right? Where you have the three, four sack games. If you're an elite player and you have a couple, you know, like three sack games, you just add that onto the to the total. Well, let's talk about since you brought it up. I mean, why don't we go to it? I just pulled it up. Rookie NFL rookie of the year odds. I eliminate. There was a toenail ad that was very disgusting, so I X that out. Somebody brought that up in the chat. So here we go. NFL. Oh, this is offensive rookie of the year odds. No, I thought I just saw Drake Jackson. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. It's not offensive. Well, there's probably two. There's offensive defensive, and defense. defensive rookie of the year odds. There we go. Uh, Aiden. I don't, I don't like any of the guys at the top beside Calham because they all play on shitty teams. What would you have said about uh, last year's defensive rookie of the year? Uh, what he played on a great team, Micah Parsons, great, yeah. strong, but he played on a twelve win. He team. played on the best offensive team statistically in the league, right? He had a lot of opportunities to make plays, and he was kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> so right now, uh, fifty to one, Drake Jackson. You have to agree, like defensive it, rookie of the year. Those odds are off. I'm not saying he should be ten to one, but I would put him closer to like thirty twenty five to one than fifty. If he's he's going to be on one of the best defenses in the league on a team that should make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think play on shitty teams, guy. What do you think that it tends to be if we if I look up right now defensive rookie of the years linebacker? I I bet there's a decent chance they play no pass rushers, you know, linebackers on playoff teams that are racking up 150 tackles. I would be a little stunned if over the last five six years you're not naming some guys that are on playoff teams. So it's a lot of first rounders, right? Micah Parsons, Chase Young, Nick Bosa. Those are the last three. Well, Nick Bosa, Super Bowl team. Chase Young was so good, it didn't matter. Yep. But they made the playoffs, though. And, uh, and Micah Parsons. Micah was on a 12-win team. 
Darius Leonard in 18. I'm pretty sure he led the league in tackles that year. As playoff, playoff team. Marshawn Lattimore in 17. Playoff team, Saints. Joey Bosa, Chargers, 16. Uh, I don't know if they were a playoff team, but they were, I, I would imagine if we look, not bad squad. You know, they were, they had a bunch of famous players. Marcus Peters in 15. Playoff team, Chiefs. Aaron Donald in 14. Uh, shitty, but he was unreal. Sheldon Richardson in 13. Keekly, so, Von Miller, Sue, Cushing, Mayo. You're right. Pee so if, if the elite guy is elite, he's got a pretty good chance. So if Kayvon Thibodeau has 10 sacks, you're just watching him, he might, he has the inside track. But if you are on a, t- a playoff team and you're making plays, again, for Drake to get this, he'd probably have to have 11 sacks. Like, I don't think he can get it with seven sacks and making some plays, right? Right. It would have to be a double-digit sack season. Because we're talking about usually the defense rookie of the year is one of the best players in the NFL that year. It's not like some rookie award, right? I mean, it is, but... You're right. Yeah, Lattimore. I mean, you're talking like pro bowlers. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about, like, regardless of... defense. These might be defensive player of the year candidates. Yeah. Overall. You're right. So, yeah. Maybe it's a little more difficult than I thought. Well, but it is also dependent on your class. So, like, let's say this Trent. Not, let's say this Trent is McDuffie. just real, real quick, John. This is not the uh, Nick Bosa Chase Young draft. That's the other part of it. No, but let's say Trent McDuffie. Yeah, and the Chiefs, Chiefs. win eleven games, and he, he has, has six seven, picks. Yeah, yeah, and it's just awesome. He's he's a Pro Bowler. Like he would have a very good shot to win it, right? He would have a great shot to win it. Yep. Like Trayvon Walker, probably going to be tough for him. I'd say one of the Packer guys, you know, uh, one of the guys was high 10 to 1. Quay Walker, the Packers draft in the first round. Like, if he's good and they're a playoff team, he's going to be playing. You're just going to see him with Alan Chris or Tariko and Chris, and he's just going to be in the mix, right? That was part of Micah. The Packer, the Cowboys were good, and it was like, Jesus Christ, this guy. He was well, just look, destroying people. Look who's 8 to 1, Kyle Hamilton. I don't hate that. If they are a 13-win team and he has six picks and makes some forced fumbles on primetime games. He just plays like a maniac because he's pissed off. Yeah, he's greatness. angry. <laughs> that that was uh, Ray Lewis, right? Pissed off for greatness. Yeah, I mean, he's probably pissed off for greatness. So, I think John told me he likes these pissed off. Yeah, but again, you're just talking about value. Like, is Drake Jackson going to end up third in rookie sacks or something well, like guy that? Well, guys, they're playing five primetime games. If they win 11 games and their defense is top five in the league and they're sacking people left and right. And he just Bosa gets 18 and he gets 12. Again, I, I know people that think he is just, just Google his physical ability off the edge. It's they shouldn't have been able to get him at the end of the second round. This ain't Cleveland Farrell. I mean, I'll promise you that as a pass rusher, yeah. this guy can rush the passer. Now those other guy, I do. You're right. The name recognition, the names you listed were really now, obviously now we're, you know, some of those guys five, six years later, but they're really, they felt famous early on too. A lot of those guys were big school guys. This guy is a big school guy, but it does feel like USC doesn't feel like that when he came out. Yeah. But I also think that Micah, I mean, I think what you just said does apply to Micah Parsons, but I think Micah Parsons became a star this year because he was a great dominant player. Micah like, Parsons was in the mix on the, Cowboys. the defensive player of the year on the Cowboys. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right, what do we think of this? I saw this. Uh, I'm not sure if Mayoko said this. I'm Reading him, I didn't read this. Javier Vega said uh, or tweeted this, Matt Mayoko, about Garoppolo. Once he is cleared to play, then I think Garoppolo will ask for his release if a trade isn't materializing. 
So will he ask for a release? Will the Niners feel any obligation to do what's right by Jimmy? Jimmy hurts himself, unfortunately, by being a good soldier, right? Like, you know, who doesn't have to ask to be on another team? Baker Mayfield. Now, he may have to ask the other team to sign him. And actually, as of this moment, he's still on the Browns. So that one's a little awkward. But there's doesn't feel like there's much of a threat of the Browns forcing him to be their backup quarterback this year. Whereas no, Jimmy's no. different story. Yeah, I, I think this is twofold. If the Niners feel very comfortable with Trey and they want to get rid of him, they will do whatever. I, I just think they would be cool with it. If they do not, I feel Kyle Shanahan would easily operate like the PGA Tour with the Saudi. And when all those guys asked for their releases, said, nope, <laughs> he would have Kyle Shanahan if he viewed. Now, if he didn't grant it, it would be because he'd want Jimmy around to play, I think. I, I, I would say it would start to be very hairy if he wouldn't grant him his release, he wanted him around as the backup, and he also wanted to take a pay cut. Then we yeah. get into very murky water. Well, you can refuse the pay cut. That's how you force your release. Yeah, force them to pay me. Just yeah, pay me my twenty-seven. Keep me on the roster. Pay me my twenty-seven million dollars. Yeah, to me, it's not so much about asking for it. It's, I think, if you're the Niners, maybe you grant it to him, but you don't do it until the last day before this. You know, till after your last preseason September game, September first or whatever. When yeah. when. Not that Trey Lance is going to play a ton, but when you've gotten through practice and everything's fine, right? Although the irony is, if you cut him, let's say you release Jimmy Garoppolo today, and then Trey Lance got hurt in the first preseason game or in a practice, Jimmy might be available, and he'd cost less than $27 million, actually. Yeah. I would do zero release until we got to training camp and got a feel after OTAs, and then even the summer, you know, as you text me, or we were on the phone talking about some business thing, and right as you called me, uh, Tariq Cohen had torn his Achilles just working out on Instagram. Live like, streaming. I, I think I wait at this point in time. There is no benefit to not get through OTAs and then get through summer. I mean, we've seen people blow off their hands with fireworks. We've seen people tear Achilles squatting, you know, 300 pounds. At this point in time, it does not behoove them to release Jimmy till we get to, I would say, on the field, early training camp, and then take it from there. If you want to release him there and he wants to release We'll we'll get we'll have a feel for where we're at, but right now, if I'm the Niners, I would not grant him his release for another month and a half. Yeah, and the part the part of it for Garoppolo that's hard is, or I guess you know, almost two, basically two months, a little over two months till training camp would be reporting, right? Because they when do they usually report like 25, 28? It's the yeah. 19th, so we're he's on my team for at minimum two more months. Because again, I'm not. It's not like I'm paying him right now. No, well, that's the tough part for Jimmy. Is like you want to force your release to a point, but also. What if the alternative is not they ask you to take a pay cut, but they just pay you $27 million, which I don't think is going to happen, but it makes it a little hairy for him because it's not the worst situation for him. There are worse situations for him. Is there a better situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to start in 2022 than the 49ers? Well, I mean, ultimately, if someone trades for him, then he's going to be their starter. Right. But right I'm now, saying, that spot doesn't exist. I'm saying if Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, I've missed on Trey, you're going to be my starter. Is there a better situation for Jimmy? No, in the NFL? no, 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 no. His chances of success are higher as a 49. I also and I get it. I mean, Matt put this out, but I think this conversation we've been having about Jimmy obviously is a hypothetical. But there is a lot of information that we're going to gain, I think, over the next less than a month to add context to this conversation. Like this conversation is not going away. But it's missing this piece of what everyone's itching, this Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Well, I mean, I think, I, I hope, I, I again, I, when are we getting a schedule here, 49ers? 
the next couple of weeks they're on the field, he's really what they're talking about. Because I would imagine Nick staying in Florida, Trent Williams nowhere to be found, Debo's fucking kickboxing somewhere. I saw him. Uh, he Instagram. was live on Instagram a second ago. <laughs> yeah, live on Instagram. Ago. So it's like I don't expect any of those guys to be there except Trey and like Ayuk. <laughs> Yeah. Did Debo, you know, make sure you, you know, came out a little chubby a couple years ago. I don't know. I assume you're working out, but confident. He's filming from below, which is a confident angle to film from. You know, he's, I've seen some, you know, Shady's part of the uh, I am athlete now. You know, listen, Shady's getting Sean a little bigger. <laughs> you seen some pictures? He got a little chubby. Well, I saw the picture with, uh, I love the guy, but you know, he wasn't posted the photo. At first, I thought it was Debo. Debo's a little taller, I think, right? Debo's taller. Debo's a little more. T- muscle bound than shady but shady always had this like you know let's just be careful what we're eating and this was at like 25 I, him and debo have similar metabolisms for elite athletes close they're actually closer to me and you than they would be like lebron you know yeah but you watch them both play like shady could rush at any game for 200 yards debo can just dominate it's like but they're actually they're not like nick bosa you know when he takes his shirt off you're like yeah just what is going on there even trent williams is just like this freak Debo and Shady have this honestly kind of relatable quality. You know, they, they can get ch- most a lot of athletes. I bet there are a lot of guys like Fred Warner. No one's ever been like, he can get chubby. You know, like, no watch what you eat. Like. Well, Fred might put on three pounds. You wouldn't see it. No, I would imagine the majority of Niners, non like D tackles and guards, the word chubby and like, oh, you know, you got a little, that never comes up in there. Like Jimmy Ward. Do you think anyone's ever said Jimmy Ward? Like, you know, Jimmy. He just he put on that that flabby five. Well, even some offensive linemen, right? Like Joe Staley, keeping keeping weight on was his issue. Well, it feels right? like a McGlinchey problem, right? Yeah, I mean they're naturally they're actually incredible <laughs> athletes. Like when you see an offensive lineman in person, you realize that part of the way you perceive them is that they wear these really tight uniforms. But in fact, they're a lot of them are not. They are not flabby body types by and large. No, they're enormous human beings. Honestly, when you stand that proportional, even, I, I swear to God, I was at the Starbucks. I almost said something to him because I was there something going on. Was there Pac-12 meetings in the Bay Area lately? Yeah. Yeah. Is Tony Baselli part of the Pac-12? Well, he went to USC. He might be an advisor. There's a player council. He's probably on I it. swear to God, I, this guy, one, he was just he didn't look like any other human even remotely in the Starbucks. But then I looked at him. I typed in his name. I mean, it was he's skinny close, now. but he's purport. I mean, he's six, yeah, seven, yeah, you know, he's yeah, huge. Yeah. I was like, that's Tony Baselli. But then I was thinking like the only reason he'd probably be here at Pac-12, but is he part of the Pac-12? I didn't know. I he wanted a player to count, so I bet he's on it. Just look like a high level guy, you know, getting just a large coffee. Yep. But you just see this human being. You're like, what the fuck is that compared to me? Like if we walked into the same place at 35 years old, like in what world would that woman choose me? I, I would tell her, like, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 general definitely wouldn't choose you for the mission, right? No, I would choose Tony Baselli. Send him, and not because I'm afraid, just because I you want. Seen, to have you seen those feet on that guy? <laughs> it was it was actually it was 100 Tony Baselli. Yeah, yeah, must have been. I mean, how many people? Like, Tony Baselli's got a pretty pretty handsome pretty, guy. How how many six seven like proportionate? in shape looking humans exist. And he looks like Tony Baselli. Like and he looks like Tony Baselli. Yeah. He had the he had the Anthony Munoz younger vibe. You know, just looks sweet. How about how were pinkies? 
pointing straight. I, I didn't still. check the hands. I didn't check the hands, though. No. Uh, you were asking no, me a college. Let me see your hands. <laughs> oh, Anthony Munoz has a crooked pinky. How about you? Uh, you were asking me a uh, college football postseason question before we started uh, the podcast today. Oh, yeah. Someone forwarded me yesterday my thoughts on, uh, I guess, the Pac-12, They their, their championship game, like the Big Ten or like the SEC, just pitted the South and the North. You know, in the, in the SEC, it's the East and the West. In the Big, Big Ten, it's the two conferences. They have that funky name. It's naturally how it works. The Pac-12, I guess, starting next year is going to go based on win percentage. I, I take it in the conference, not total win percentage. Is yeah, that okay? Starting this year. They're actually going to do it. So there's still divisions this year. I give them credit because they're like, we want to change it. Let's change it right now instead of let's wait two years or, you know, generally that's how those things work. Yeah. But I think it's it's hard to make an argument to keep divisions other than, well, you know, there's two arguments. You maintain some of the divisional rivalries if you have historical divisional rivalries. And also, if you're a team that usually doesn't win the league, you'd rather have divisions because then you finish third instead of like sixth, right? Yeah. But they, uh, they want to make it so basically like Alabama and LSU would be able to play each other in the in the SEC. Yeah, you just want your two best teams from a television standpoint. It's better to have your best teams in the championship game, right? From just a value of your title game. It's better to have two top 15 teams playing each other instead of a top 15 team and an eight and five team from the if Oregon side. and Washington are sweet or USC and Utah are sweet. You'd want them playing. Well, like twice. the first year of the Pac-12, Oregon and Stanford were both eight and one in the league and top 12 teams, whatever it was. And only one got. But one of them, I think Oregon had beaten Stanford head to head or the other way around, whichever. They played like, I don't even remember who it was out of the Pac 12 South. I I went to Mariota's year when they went to play Jameis and went to the national championship when they played the Pac 12 at Levi's. You know who they played? USC, UCLA. They played a Rich Rod Arizona team and they beat the shit out of them. So that's what it was. SC won the South, wasn't eligible. Arizona replaced them. But even SC shouldn't. SC was. Stanford, Oregon were both better than SC that year. Yeah. They played so, they played an Arizona team that was like seven and five, right. who that's wasn't right. any good, and they killed them. A few years ago, remember when Washington beat Utah like 10 to 3 in the title game? Yeah. What it would have been was a rematch of the Apple Cup, which was top 10 Washington State, top 10 Washington. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So they want that. Which was the game that was in the snow. Yeah. Once you get to the playoffs, you really want it to happen once there's a college football playoff because you don't want a bad team upsetting your good team and getting the automatic bid. So what's the risk in doing this? Well, I guess the only risk is that it's more likely that your higher ranked team loses. Why wouldn't every conference do this then? Well, you used to not be able to until this year. They just passed a rule a few weeks ago. The rule used to be that if you're going to have a conference title game, you had to either have divisions or round robin play. So, like the Big Ten has had, uh, the Big Twelve has had a conference title game because it's only had ten teams, and so everybody plays everybody. Got you. But that's the only league. Well, the AAC's done it, but they had so a- that. That's why you get a lot of. I mean, well, I guess every year you get a rematch in the in the Big Twelve. Like the teams have already played in the Big. Yeah. Like Baylor last year in Oklahoma State had already Always, played. There's no divisions, and Which they all cool. play each other, and it works. Yeah. yeah. So w- this is where like. 
ultimately smaller leagues are good because you want everybody playing everybody. Like the SEC is so huge now. Would you want though the possibility? Would this be cool? And this could happen, like Alabama, Auburn, USC, you know, UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State to then just have a rematch a week later. Would that be a little weird? Yeah, but I mean, think about the Pac-12 had it. It was Utah, Oregon rematch like two weeks later last year. It was two weeks. I, I but a part of it, what I'm talking about specifically is the rivalry game. So if the rivalry game, oh. those are your two best teams, you know, before like when Michigan, Ohio State, like last year, they're playing to go. Like those were the two best teams in the conference. Yeah. Last year, if they were fall under this, they would have replayed. You know, Auburn, Alabama probably doesn't happen as much. What is it bad to have your rivalry game replayed? Well, I like you're giving the example of that Leach Peterson situation. Would have yeah. been cool, right? Yeah. I think rival more rivalry games always better. And ultimately, the reason you're in the game is because you're one of the two best teams. I mean, think about the ACC championship games irrelevant because it's always Clemson against the coast, whoever's from the pit. The the Big Ten championship game has been a little bit of a downer. It's felt like because it's always like, well, here comes Northwestern. Yeah. You remember? I remember watching. Was it last year? Northwestern was in the game. Was that last year or two Two years years ago? ago, Yeah. What it was like. And now here come because Gus does the introductions. It's Ohio State. Now, here come the champions of the Big Ten East or West or whichever it is, because they changed the I don't I don't know the champions, but it's like, come on, you know? So I think it's good for the sport. Cause you just get you better games. Cause last year, Oregon, those I don't know, they were both top at least top twenty, if not top fifteen teams. So they beat the shit out of them. And that was incredible that they had done it twice. <laughs> that was pretty that was definitely i to turn on my AC. I'm so hot right now. I think I might have a stroke. Get the hoodie on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with whatever makes it really cool. I think it's cooler, and I think it's better for TV. It makes your game better. Was last better year run. in Vegas? Uh, last year was in Vegas. Yes, and it looked awesome. Oh yeah, and it's going to be in Vegas moving forward, right? I mean, that's yeah. So that's the other part of it. It's like, you know. Make your championship game as attractive as possible. Just There's a win for the Raiders. Way. They stole the championship game away from Jed. That's right. You know, they did. sleep on Mark Dealmaker. Might have been Mark Bedane's swan song on his way out. Him and Kuklovskov. Uh How do you say his last name? Who's George? Last name? Oh, Klyovkov. Klyovkov. Yeah, Pac-12 commission. So, all right. Uh, as we record this, wh- how, how are you looking on Tom Hoagie? Uh, John had Tom Hoagie 95 to one first round leader. Yeah, he finished. I, I mean, Rory's going to be the first round leader. So no, no first round leaders for me. I think Rory I, can win. I do. I do have a lot of bets sprinkled. I feel like, I feel like Tiger kind of had Rory swagged out. Like kind of Rory is in a good place mentally and was just kind of vibing off the crowds. And it, Jordan was kind of going the other way. Like kind of felt like, he was just he just played with Jordan's like off. Jordan. He just looks he just looks like a pitcher when he's fucking a little off. Yeah. Rory felt like I'm fucking Tiger Woods, right? Did you did you notice his body language, the way he was walking around, strutting? Now he's also hitting 300 bombs. He was hitting the ball like Bryson if Bryson's consistent. He was hitting drive. I saw someone list his drives. Now, granted, me and Hawkins talk a lot about this. There are fairways. You can even your if you're listening to this, you play a country club, let alone a muni or a random course. Your fairways don't run that much. Their fairways run like fucking fifty yards. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even talking about the slope. I'm just they have them cut so perfectly. It's like a runway. 
So it's like, is Roy hitting 370-yard drives? No, but he's hitting at 330. Then he gets 40 yards a run. Tiger he hit one 311 into the, the wind and uphill. Yeah, obviously, he's long. I mean, he's the longest, one of the longest guys there. But he's some of these numbers. Tiger hit a stinger today, 275 yards. It's his four iron. I mean, it's, he's running 50 yards. It's just That's incredible. So it's it's a little, I, I would say, skewed that way for these guys. But I'm glad it is. It makes it cool to watch. I want to mention, because Dustin put this uh, in the chat and he gave us five bucks to do it. Jordan, Michael Jordan wasn't drunk, by the way. He has some eye liver condition that results in yellow eyes. Are we That's sure? Dr. St. Peter has to say. I don't know. I'm not sure. Are we sure? I'm not sure, but that's just what Dustin said. I feel like I see his eyes and they look normal. Maybe he's got sunglasses on a lot. Maybe you're right. Hey, uh, go leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and uh, we appreciate that. Five stars. In that, leave us a question. That's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to our channel. That helps us grow. Thank you. Our podcast is down in the description below on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast and you didn't know we had a YouTube, the YouTube link is in the description of the podcast. So go check that out. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Share with your people. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Uh, we'll be back soon. You know, who knows when. There's nothing like always saying great weekend. It's only Thursday. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I realized we might have a – anyway, yeah. Podcasters. No, but I mean, it's just – <laughs> Can't take that for granted, you know. You got to be, got to be grateful. Got to have some gratitude. It's yeah. the life we live. Shouts out to all of you that help us lead this life. Thank you for being yeah. part of it. All right, thanks everybody. Later. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.